0: Welcome to the Absolute Recap Biology Edition. I'm your host, Melanie Kingett, and I'll be your guide to scoring a five. Here at the Absolute Recap, we aim to maximize your understanding and minimize your need for memorization. Each episode will review content, skills, and test-taking tips to help you succeed in May. Your recap starts now. Hi, and welcome to the Absolute Recap Biology Edition. Today's episode will recap multiple topics. It's our second listener's choice episode. Before we get started, we wanted to say a huge thank you to all those students and teachers that have followed along these past few months. We started podcasting in late February, and we really weren't sure if anyone would listen. Today concludes week 12, episode 38, and over 19,000 downloads. Best of luck to everyone taking the AP exam. We hope your experience this year has encouraged you to stay curious, and maybe even pursue a future in science. Let's zoom out. There are a lot of topics to review today, thanks to our Instagram followers who wrote in with requests. We are going to recap pedigrees, signal transduction, cellular respiration, gene regulation, and FRQ strategies. Let's zoom in. Our first recap topic comes to us from listener Kami. She wants to know how to tell the inheritance pattern in a pedigree. Remember, Pedigrees are used to study the pattern of inheritance of a particular trait through several generations in a family. Usually, this trait is some sort of disorder, but it doesn't have to be. Google the royal family pedigree of hemophilia. It's intense, all traced back to Queen Victoria. When analyzing a pedigree, you are trying to determine if it is an autosomal trait carried on chromosomes 1 to 22 or if it's sex-linked on chromosome 23. You also want to deduce if the disorder is dominant or recessive. Pedigrees will not confirm the pattern of inheritance, but they can disprove others through the process of elimination. If the trait is dominant, one of the parents has to have it. Dominant traits cannot skip a generation. If the trait is recessive, a child can have it while their parents don't, since they can be heterozygous. Start with recessive first and look for flaws in logic. If you start to see a pattern of an unaffected mom and a disproportionate amount of affected sons, it might be sex-linked recessive. Autosomal traits tend to have an equal distribution of affected sons and daughters. If even one parent-to-child interaction doesn't work, then you have the wrong inheritance pattern. Our next recap topic is signal transduction, requested by Anna. Signal transduction pathway links signal reception of a ligand with a cell Response. Like a game of dominoes, one molecular interaction will trigger the next, passing and often tweaking the message along the way. Many signal transduction pathways include protein modification and phosphorylation cascades, acting like an on-off switch. The phosphate added to the process will typically come from a molecule of ATP, temporarily activating each protein in the pathway. The transfer of the phosphate is catalyzed by an enzyme called kinase. Signals are often amplified during each step of the relay. In this way, even a small amount of ligand can have a significant cellular effect. This will involve the use of secondary messengers such as calcium or cyclic AMP. Listener Tricia wants a recap of cellular respiration, but the specifics. Follower Davian agrees, asking for glycolysis and the Krebs cycle. There are a lot of steps, but follow the carbons and the energy. First is glycolysis in the cytosol where 6-carbon glucose is broken down into two 3-carbon pyruvates, also forming ATP and NADH. Next is pyruvate oxidation in the mitochondrial matrix, where pyruvate loses a carbon to carbon dioxide, becoming a two-carbon molecule known as acetyl-CoA and also forming more NADH. After that is the Krebs or citric acid cycle, which also occurs in the matrix. This cycle completes the oxidation of glucose, forming additional ATP, NADH, and CO2, as well as FADH2. The molecules of NADH and FADH2 formed up to this point will carry electrons to the final step of cellular respiration. Oxidative phosphorylation, also known as the electron transport chain, occurs in the inner mitochondrial membrane. As electrons move down the chain, energy is generated to actively pump hydrogen ions into the intramembranous space. This builds up an electrochemical gradient, where hydrogens will flow back into the matrix through ATP synthase, forming ATP. Electrons exit the chain and team up with oxygen and hydrogen to form water. User Geomic J wrote in about gene regulation, asking for a recap of eukaryotes specifically. Eukaryotic gene expression involves many steps, and almost all of them can be regulated. Different genes are regulated at different points, but it is most common at the transcription level. Some chromatin is more tightly wrapped around histones, making the genes inaccessible. Specific transcription factor proteins can bind to genes, actively promoting or repressing transcription through their interaction with RNA polymerase. Let's assume the mRNA transcript is made. There are still multiple levels of regulation there too. You can modify the capping and poly-A tail or splice out different introns. And so you can get different transcripts from the same pre-mRNA molecule. Prokaryotes don't have as many levels of regulation since transcription and translation often occur simultaneously. Multiple users asked for FRQ practice. We're talking about practice. I would encourage you to look at the FRQs and scoring guides that have been published by the College Board. More specifically, they have released a 2020 sample that follows the exact formatting you can expect on May 18th. But here's a few last minute tips. Read the questions carefully, paying special attention to the action verbs describe, explain, justify, etc. You won't earn points for restating the question, nor will you earn points this year for factual or googled knowledge. Answer the question you know the most about first. There are no rules that you have to go in order. The 2020 exams are designed so that you are also unlikely to finish all parts of every question. But don't worry. You can still get a 5 even if you don't answer each part. Develop your ideas as completely as possible, but avoid repeating the same same information. Also avoid using buzzwords. Everything you write should have intention and link specifically back to the FRQ prompt. To recap, pedigrees show inheritance patterns. Signal transduction involves phosphorylation cascades. Cellular respiration oxidizes glucose to form ATP. Gene regulation occurs throughout the central dogma. And successful FRQ writing involves intentional application of your words. Good luck on the AP exam May 18th. Please keep in touch to let us know how it went for you. The Absolute Recap is working on developing other AP content and preparation courses for the summer. Stay tuned. Today's question of the day is about gene regulation. What is a prokaryote cluster of genes called when it has a single promoter? For the answer to today's and future questions, please follow us on Instagram at The Absolute Recap. That's the A-P-S-O-L-U-T-E Recap. If you are a student with questions or a teacher with suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a biology topic or another AP subject you would like us to cover on The Absolute Recap, please email us at recap at gmail.com. That's the A-P-S-O-L-U-T-E recap at gmail.com. The Absolute Recap is produced by Brad Kingett with music by Zach Caruso. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Time's up. Pencils down. Thank you for listening to the Absolute Recap Biology Edition. AP is a registered trademark of the College Board. Copyright 2020. Absolute Recap LLC. All rights reserved.